is the Rising Sisterhood Podcast, where we're on a mission to create a movement of success for women globally so they can be celebrated, empowered, and decide to rise regardless of the circumstance. I know you're here to be inspired by bold women courageously sharing their stories of overcoming fear and listening to intuition. So together we can amplify our voices. Today, I invite you to join our sisterhood and rise with us. I'm so excited to chat today with one of my favorite people that I've actually met in person multiple times and lives pretty close to me. Her name's Drea, and she is a remarkable person, incredibly huge heart, and now she's part of the Rising Sisterhood movement and the second book, and I'm just so thrilled to have you with us on this journey together, Drea. Me too. Thank you so much. How exciting. I know it's super exciting. I think it's even like is cooler, the best word to say, but even like, it's so cool that I get to know the people like before they get into the book. Cause Mm -hmm. I know a little bit about you, a little bit about your story. And then to see you like go through the process of writing your chapter and like all of what that entails mm. to like this new kind of appreciation that I have for you. It's so like unreal on my end. It's interesting, isn't it? When you get to learn a little bit more about somebody behind the scenes, it's what's incredible to write. It is. It's, you know, we don't go to like the coffee shop and just like, here, let me download my whole life story to you or right. this whole thing of trauma that happened. So like, hearing and learning about these things that you can like resonate with and just empathize with is so incredible. So let me tell you a little bit about Drea, since I've already gushed about her, you need to learn a little bit about her as You're well. so sweet. Of course. I try anyways. <laughs> so after more than 30 years in corporate marketing and vacation travel sales, Drea now uses her experience to fulfill her passion of working in Ethiopia with her nonprofit. She found her passion so many years ago through her adoptions from Ethiopia and has since used her voice to share the plight of of its people. She now loves her part-time work and enjoys spending time with her children and her favorite grandson, which is, he's the absolute cutest thing in the world. And I love seeing his face on Facebook. So sweet. Yes. uh, I... I'm excited to one day have grandchildren, but I'm not trying to rush that at this point. I wasn't either. Let me tell you, I wasn't, I wasn't sure I was ready, but man, I would have, I could do that first. I love my children, but gosh, she's the best. Yeah. Something about like, just, you know, being able to like, you take, take care of that. Like that's yep. not my job no more. Right. Um, well, if you haven't read Drea's chapter yet, let me tell you a little bit about the story before she kind of like dives deep into it. So her chapter is called Awakening, and she tells the story about overcoming her feelings of hitting rock bottom at the age of 50. And if you see Drea's headshot, you will not think that she's 50 years old. Let me just tell you that. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But through the chapter, she shares her hard lessons that she learned from just navigating this year of change and how she came out of the other side stronger happier, and just a better person at the end of it. So tell us a little bit about 
this year that kind of like manifested and and what you went through? Yeah. So, um, well, it started really kind of backstep a little bit longer than a year ago. It was um, a couple years prior to that when I was in the corporate world. I had been there in the corporate world on and off for a little over 20 years, 25 years, and um, knew that I wanted to do something more. I mean, I was working my nonprofit already that, as we talked about a little bit, started that when I was uh, after the adoption of our first two boys and sort of came into that process. And then, um, but I knew I wanted to do more. I wanted to be an entrepreneur and see what all of that was about, right? And uh, got into it. It's a little harder. Then maybe a chat. <laughs> then you think, right? Um, and after having been, you know, working for a corporate office for so long, it's a little bit different to have your schedule change, right? So when it's somebody else's, it's sort of easier. Well, for me, it was a little bit easier to follow. And then, you know, as we talked about, I'm a little bit advanced my age. So it was uh, <laughs> pretty used to doing uh, things a certain way. So um, changing up the life was a little bit different. So uh, we were, you know, I was just doing my thing and then, you know, some things happened and like I talk about in the book where, um, when it started, um, separation from my husband and, uh, that moved into a divorce, uh, and he's, you know, it wasn't one of those tragic situations other than we had been married for 27 years. So the tragedy of that is that, you know, it was over and it was, um, hard or than I thought it was going to be, uh, it was, I was having some mourning situations and I was just like, what the heck? Why am I mourning this when I thought this is what I wanted? You know, he's, he's a good man and, and all those things that it's not like I hated him. So it made it easier, those kinds of things. Didn't really get into that in the chapter. I think there was a little bit, wasn't really part of what needed to be it, but it was that, you know, turning 50, trying to be an entrepreneur, actually not doing as well as I had wanted to, realizing that headspace, emotional space really was different than I thought it was going to be. And trying to be an entrepreneur and sell yourself when your life is like, is crazy. Um, It gets to be, I get into my head, you know, I'm a Virgo. So I'm always doing my thing, (laughs) always overanalyzing, always overthinking. Um, And I was in networking groups with other entrepreneurs and they all seem to have their stuff together. And yeah, I didn't feel like I had anything together. I think I, one of the lines I talk about is like, you know, all my ducks were not in a row. <laughs> they were running little circles around each other. Um, all your so, ducks had ADHD. They were just they like going all over the place. <laughs> they did. They were, uh, they were confused little ducks. <laughs> so, um, you know, and then pandemic hits. And we have to stay home and then, you know, you have to be inside your head. So I did a lot of soul searching, a lot of, you know, figuring out what was going on, talk about, you know, person in my life that I, you know, helped me sort of go through all of those things, my mirror person that helped me kind of go through all of those things, see my self in a different light, in a different way. So, you know, really kind of having to, sometimes the mirror is not good, especially first thing in the morning when you wake up and your hair is like a crazy, right? sort of how I felt <laughs> I was looking at my life as everything in the morning. And uh, I kind of feel like I'm at the other end of that and I've kind of done my hair and my makeup's back on. So I kind of feel like I'm looking in that mirror now and I'm like, oh yeah, all right. 
I can do this. I I think it's so just incredible the year that you had. And I think so many other people have like those similar years where things just, or those times where it feels like everything's just falling apart. There's so many transitions or changes in our life, but you really talk about like going through this as part of the awakening, as part of like coming into this new person that you are now. If someone's in the midst, they're in the middle of this like first thing in the morning type look in the mirror, how, what are some things that you have found to kind of help like improve yourself and get through the humps that you're out on the other side? Don't hide from it. You know, get into, get into those feelings, uh, lean into them. You know, I, I felt the feelings, you know, I cried for three months straight every day, you know, which is, not necessarily something I would recommend, but, you know, felt them, got through it, did, um, you know, look at, look at yourself as the good, bad, and the ugly. I mean, we all have amazing lights within us. And when we um, hide, try to hide it, or think that we are afraid that other people won't see us in a certain way, have people in your life that are willing to look at you and talk to you and tell you the stuff, you know, not yes, people, but people are going to be like, Hey, maybe you should not do that, you know, or maybe this is a way that you might want to act differently. Um, and then really look, take the criticism as constructive. So many of us, it's hard to do, especially like I was talking about earlier, this Virgo, man, don't tell me I'm doing something wrong. Cause I'm right. <laughs> I'm always right. I'm not a Virgo, but I'm always right. You can ask right. me. Always. Which is not true. <laughs> I believe it's true. I feel it in my heart. Sure. <laughs> um, but I think that's so important not to have yes people in your life, in your business, anywhere, like anywhere. You need people that are going to say, look, I see you, but I think that we could approach this differently. Because um, we are, for me, it's really hard to hear that feedback. Like I will ball my eyes out and cry for so long. Cause I'm like, that person doesn't like me anymore. Right. But that's just like the story that I'm telling myself. And it's just amazing that you are sharing kind of like your chapter at the very end has some of the best messages to like other people that are going through similar times. Tell us like, if you could tell one person, one thing that's like in that deep, like dark spot of their story, like that they're going to get through it, what would you say to them? There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. The quote, um, it's a biblical quote, but it's talking about you walk through the valley, the shadow. So you don't stop in the middle of the valley. There's always, you know, through the other side where you can just keep going. You just keep putting one foot in. If you have to lay in bed all day and cry, lay in bed all day and cry and then get up and do the next thing the next day. Um, As women, I think specifically, it's hard. Men do the same thing, but as women, I think it's hard because we're like, um, I can't take care of myself. I'm not supposed to do this. I'm not supposed to. And one of the things I've really, really grasped or grasped the concept of is like self-care. It doesn't have to be pedicures and facials. It can be reading a book for an hour, 
or, you know, not doing the thing, not going out with your friends necessarily, staying in and watching a movie, you know, whatever makes you feel at peace, do that. Don't stop life, but do the things that make you feel good. Because when you're filling yourself up with those things, then you start realizing, oh, right, I'm okay. Yeah, I love that. And I, I you hit like a really good point because everyone's out there kind of like, there's this plague of positivity, right? Just right. keep speaking positive things into the air and things will change. But it's that's not really how things work. But I think you hit like the nail on the head. Self-care is not pedicures. Self-care is doing what you need. Like really listening to the in, like the inner you and doing that. And for me, the word no comes up a lot. Like that's the best way for me to show myself love is to say no. And just using that as a full sentence. Sometimes I say it to other people, but most of the time I say it to myself. Yep. Absolutely. I was going to say that actually. It's funny that, that the word no, no, I'm just not going to do that. You know, um, right now I have two teen boys that are living with me at home. My, my youngest two are living with me and, um, you know, they have all of their things and trying to keep up with all of their things. And sometimes, and they're just like, but you're supposed to, and I'm like, no, really? There's not a supposed to in here. I'm doing everything I can for you, but some things I just, I'm not going to make my, I'm not going to kill myself, you know, to make this so you're happy. (laughs) Exactly. There's only so much we can take as a mom. Right. Yeah. (laughs) They're great kids and, you know, and you you do what you can, but then some places, and even as parents, you know, we're like, no, I can't do that for you right now. Exactly. Even as our kids get older, we're still going to be doing that. Right. Exactly. Stop mothering. Absolutely. So I want to ask you one last question before we close out, Treya. And it's our signature question. So Uh, I hope you're prepared. I have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it. And you're metaphorically speaking to millions and millions and millions of people. What is it going to say and why? So this is a really great question. Um, it did take me a minute to figure it out, but I think it, as far as it um, goes along like with my chapter, the word in my chapter is awakening. So my billboard would say it's not a midlife crisis. It's a midlife awakening. I love that. And I've previously told you that's my favorite line. I think like the very first draft, it was in there. I was like, oh, I love it. And then the second draft, it was still there, third draft. And I was so happy that it was still in there for the final draft. But it's meaningful for me. And I think so many people will get the, a different message with the same sentence. I agree. And, you know, so many people call it a crisis, you know, because, you know, the thought is always like younger people and hot cars and, you know, that's what they think of as the midlife crisis, right? But I think more and more specifically because, you know, it's sisterhood and we're talking about women at the moment, but um, more and more, it's like, no, I just am finally realizing I don't have to yes people. I don't have to conform if I don't want to. And it's not to, you know, buck the system, but it's to be, no, this is who I am and this is who I want to be. And this is what I'm going to do. So I don't want to live the rest of my life trying to please people. 
I think it's such a wonderful thing. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you feel like going through this, having your awakening, you feel like now you are the person that you were always supposed to be? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I mean, I haven't arrived, you know, I'm still awakening. That's why there's an end because it's a process, right? Is I haven't arrived to this thing, but I'm so much more comfortable in who I am and how I look, how I, you know, feel and how I speak, speak to and about people, you know, that kind of thing. But perhaps, yeah, I just look back and think, gosh, who was that person? <laughs> I like I can tell now. you, I, I feel like the energy and the difference and just looking at you and, and seeing, you know, I, we follow each other on social media. So I see right. like a lot of, of behind the scenes and things, but yeah. I can feel that kind of like energy and presence through you. And I'm Thank you. so extremely thrilled that you're sharing this part of your story and this part of your life with not just me, but now like the entire world, which don't be scared. Cause I think that it's going to impact so many people. It is a little scary. Thanks for that. But it is a little scary. I, I keep looking back and going, <gasps> Oh, I'm sharing this with people like everybody. And then the other part is that, you know, I think of the line that's right after the one and the one about the awakening is that, you know, stop worrying about what other people think, because I believe that we're all the things we go through, I believe are used. We go through, what's the use of going through junk if we can't use it to help other people feel like they're not alone while they're going through their own junk? Absolutely. I think that's like the biggest piece. The biggest part of this mission is that we're all going through similar things and we're not alone. Like there's a sisterhood of people behind you. They mm-hmm. will hold your back up to support you. They will lock arms with you. They will carry you across the finish line, whatever you need, but you're not alone. And we're all going through this together. Right. Well, thank you so much, Drea, for sharing your story with us today and for eternity, because it's always going to be out there now. And standing up and having this awakening so that you did come into this movement and this book at the right time for you. And remember, if you have not purchased your book, go to the risingsisterhoodbook.com backslash purchase. All proceeds of the book will be donated to Girls Inc. And listen to next week for another amazing interview from another author. We'll see you there. Thanks for listening to the Rising Sisterhood podcast today. Be sure to visit our website, therisingsisterhoodbook.com to learn more about our Rising Sisterhood movement and how you can also become a co-author in our next collaborative book. And if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, you may want to check out our latest book on Amazon. Just go to therisingsisterhoodbook.com backslash purchase to be directed to the Amazon checkout page. We appreciate your support. And remember, our sisterhood sees you. If you've ever felt invisible, this movement is for you. We see you. You matter.